dear listeners, welcome once again to another episode of the Dirty Talk podcast. Are we gathered here once again? We are gathered here once more before our microphones to share with you the most scintillating, sensual information, scandalous in its nature, to titillate your tender ears. I have to say that the preacher voice is very titillating. Are you titillated? Or are I you am, titillated? I'm, yes, I Are am. your tits all a tingle out there? Praise the Lord. The answer is yes. So let it be written. So let it be done. <laughs> we gather each week, but some of you don't hear us each week. I'm just going to get all this out of the way first. We're just going to get the business out of the way because I have a whole lot of cock and balls for you oh, and the oh. listeners. A whole lot of Ooh. dick coming your way if you're ready. Okay. <coughs> I, I just, the, just the I, mention of cock and balls makes rain <laughs> choke. I, I, That's the problem. I, I breathed. I breathed. I got excited, and I breathed wrong. She forgot how to breathe momentarily. Okay. No, no, I'm all. I'm back. Okay, let's do this. Okay, so pleasantries out of the way. We do this weekly, but some of you only hear us bi-weekly because every other week. We do an episode that comes out on our Patreon. You can go there, patreon.com backslash Dirty Talk Podcast. And you can get our weekly sermons there if you would care to join us. Coincidentally, we usually do these on a Sunday. So so I guess this is kind of like church for us. It is. It was. It's my holy version of church because we record it every Sunday. I choked so much that I'm crying. She's crying. Her <laughs> mascara is running. It is. It is. Yeah. <laughs> I hope she's going to get through this episode. I will. I will. I just, I got excited. Don't choke on any more cock. Okay. I'll try not to. Try not to. So we invite you to join us on Patreon. Again, patreon.com backslash dirty talk podcast. You can come to our church every week. It's the best. It's the best church. The episodes usually come out on Mondays, but you know, we record on Sundays. They're record so it's the that it counts on Sunday. Yes. We're, I'm filled full of the Holy Spirit of sexy time knowledge yes. and interesting tidbits. Yeah. So welcome to our sexy Sabbath. We'll just call Ooh. it that. Ooh. I like it. Our sinful, sexy Sabbath. I keep, I, I keep getting more titillated. My God, man, you are on a roll. What I'm do you have roll. for us? Okay, so here's what I have for you. Now that we've gotten the pleasantries and the business out of the way, I'm always amazed as to how quickly history is forgotten. Oh. Even, even recent history. Uh, do you remember a while back when we talked about how at the Y and in high school gym classes up through the 1960s, all males were required to swim naked. I you remember us talking that about this, and right? I didn't believe. I didn't. It seemed ludicrous. Yeah, I like you said it, but I didn't believe you. Being in high school is as bad as it is. But can you imagine being in high school and having to swim naked with all your friends? Like I had to do swimming in high school, and I thankfully wore a bathing suit. But having to swim naked around all the other guys would be the most humiliating thing. But it was required at a lot of high schools and the YMCA up through the 1960s. Yeah, I well, I only had one year of high school, so I, I can't say that I necessarily had the most standard high school experience. But I know for a fact that things change super quickly. Regular listeners will probably have heard me reference my Uncle Jack on more than one occasion. Mm -hmm. And I actually, he was a hoarder and I had to clean out his house and he stocked magazines 
And I had to use shovels to get to the magazines and the bottom floorboards were pristine. But you shoveled down to these magazines and they were Newsweek from the 1980s. And the bright covers trying to get your attention, screaming about politics, talking about names that I had never heard of as if this person is going to shape American political history. And 12, 15 years later, it's like they don't exist. It's mm -hmm. like they never happen. Yeah, who are these people? We, we have right. extremely short memories. So short. The shortest. We as a society, I have an extremely short memory. So that is why I'm always surprised when I dig deep into history and find something I did not know, but it was very recent history, and it surprises me. Are you ready for this? Well, I'm sitting down, so I think I'm about as ready as I'm going to be. What do you have for me? Ivy League nude posture photos. Uh, okay. So I know all of those words and I can put them all together. And I'm going to guess that what you're going to say mm -hmm. is that if you went to get into Harvard or Yale, mm -hmm. they would take naked pictures of you to what, judge your posture? Yes. For like a medical thing? Somewhat for a medical thing, but they've also used these pictures, some for studies. Okay. So this started back in the 1880s at Harvard. So from the 1880s to the 1940s, Every incoming freshman had to get photographed naked from the front, from behind, and from the side. So if you're Wait, a freshman, full, full nude, full, full nude, nude from what, all angles. What, to get angles. into Yale? No, no. This started at Harvard. It started at Harvard. I'm, I'm getting to Yale. This started I'm at Harvard just... in the 1880s up until the 1940s. They continued it on past the 1940s, but from the 1940s to the 1970s, all incoming freshmen at Harvard, Yale, Princeton, University of Pennsylvania, Brooklyn College, Hotchkiss School, Purdue University, Radcliffe, Smith College, Swarthmore, Syracuse, like name almost any Ivy League school. If you were an incoming freshman during the 1940s through 70s, you had to show up and a bunch of guys took your nude photo. Why? Well ostensibly it was to gauge the rate of the severity of scoliosis and lordisis in the population they were claiming like oh we just need these for for studies to gauge what you know it, how prevalent this is in in population but if you're looking at it it's a very small slice of population the people right. that are getting into these ivy league schools it also started because there was a larger project by two scientists who were eugenicists and I they knew it. were using this data I to support their theory that certain body types, body types were, were more socially hierarchical than mm -hmm. others. So, mm -hmm. so they were looking at all these naked incoming freshmen. So if you could imagine it, all these naked 18-year-old guys that are like, oh, yeah, we need to take your picture because you're coming into college to strip down to the buff and, you know, keep turning around. We're just going to take your photo. But we're doing it for science to prove that you have the kind of posture that is meant to lord over all the plebeians. I will have to say that I have noticed that I'm not saying that your posture or, or anything or your the shape of your skull dictates your intelligence. You mean phrenology isn't correct? <laughs> no, but hear me out. 
Have you ever noticed people who start really getting into smoking pot as a religion and they start growing it and all of their social media posts are about pot and pot becomes an identity. And when they're on dating sites, it's 420 that they lead with. They start dressing a certain way. They, their face, the muscles on their face start to hang a certain way. When someone's been a stoner for 15, 20 years, it changes the shape of their face. I think you're talking about everybody I went to high school with. Well, there are plenty of people you did not go to high school that did not become stoners. There are plenty, not everybody is a stoner, but my, it's just like when someone does a lot of amphetamines, Mm -hmm. their, their face (laughs) and their jaw shrinks and their their jaw shrinks. When someone, when someone takes on cannabis as a persona and identity, their, their music style, the art that they do, the way that their face hangs, the clothing that they wear all seems to start to when someone is really into like being part of a biker gang, mm-hmm. I'm not saying that you can't have like some Lord Byron cheekbones if you're in a biker gang. I'm not Harvard and I don't have a hundred years or 70 years of naked pictures of folks. Mm-hmm. And obviously it's been disproven and it's not true, but I will say that certain lifestyle preferences and certain ways of living life can start to manifest on your face and body. Are you saying my high cheekbones mean that I can't join a biker gang? Um, saying you have a very intel- intelligent face. I have an intelligent face. You're in here, folks. <laughs> you can't see my I'm, face, but it's intelligent. I mean, you're you're tall and you're broad of shoulder. I could see where it would seem like you would fit in a biker gang, mm-hmm. but you don't really have the face for it. I wonder if my posture, if, if these researchers from Harvard would look at me and be like, oh, yes, he has the posture of destiny. <laughs> <laughs> he shall rule over the lower class. Well, that's, I don't know that I would say you have the posture of destiny. Um, I, I, I slouch a lot, honestly. I have, you were, I really you're a poor, bit of a sloucher. Poor posture. So yeah, no. I also, I have poor posture. If they screened me, I would not pass. If they're doing scoliosis checking, I uh, would be flagged. Mm-hmm. When I read this, I was like, of course, they're taking pictures of all the incoming male students for science. <laughs> Naked. For, for science and it's not like those Get naked boy this is for science I mean, there's a lot of presidents that went through harvard oh. and yale there's and a lot of their, like... their pictures although supposedly they were supposed to have been destroyed between 1995 and 2001 a lot of the, the pictures sure. in the database were transferred to the smithsonian sure. and they were supposedly destroyed mm-hmm. however starting around 2020 hundreds of the photos of these male freshmen from yale have gone up for sale on eBay. So so somebody was able to extract them into private collections. And so now they have hundreds or thousands of photos of all these incoming, of the the higher echelon of society's dick (laughs) for the viewing pleasure of the general public at large. So someone who starts purchasing that collection is like, I only want to fap to... Uh, young the elite. upper tier of the upper, upper tier, tier. Yes. that's right yeah i want you, me you... some waspy cock <laughs> i didn't i did not know but uh i'm not ever gonna forget that yeah well if we have any rich benefactors out there bias one of these photos from the ivy league young naked man collection and send it to us you have the p.o box you can find it on your website 
I'm going to say that my podcast co-host wants that and not me because I'm a bit concerned about the consent issues. Mm. I don't want to have illegally acquired nudie stuff, even if someone's over the age of 18. That gets a little complex, very sticky. Yes, that photo will get fired and sticky quite fast. Oh, I, that wasn't quite where I was going, but probably what I'm saying is most people that do purchase these photos of Elite Cock, there's going to be some stickiness involved. And I understand my co-host's desire to caress Elite Upper Echelon Cock with his eyeballs mm. and lustful thoughts, but I'm going to leave that one to you. because okay. I'm just putting that out there into the universe. You're curious. I mean, I'm you're not going to use yeah, it yeah. for anything except for just like, yeah, for put for it on my science. wall and be like, for you science. see that? That's, 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 a, that's, that's a Harvard a... man's dick right there. <laughs> right. Yep. Uh, well, while we're on the topic of uh, naked photos of men, uh, yes. I've got one for you. A naked photo of a man. Was well, a man. Now it's it's he is wearing shorts to be so perfectly. Is it never nude? No. What it is is it's the continuation of a study that we had actually briefly touched on a while back, which was the ideal female body type. Okay. And what they did was they took a standard female model, not like a model model, but just like a standard human female. Mm. And they shared it with a whole bunch of different cultures. And from each culture, from each country, Serbia, Russia, Philippines, Pakistan, Nigeria, each culture out of a large sample pool could then manipulate through Photoshop the female body to create their ideal version of each culture. And what was fascinating when I saw this original study is that it varied so wildly. And in some cultures, they wanted women that were significantly Rubenesque. Colombia loves loves them some wide-bottomed girls. Sub-Saharan Africa actually finds really portly, obese people to be very sexy. I was reading that recently. Completely a cultural thing. And, and Chinese have their uh, cultural preferences as very lean. Mm. Can I non-sequitur for a second? You may. Because I was reading an article not so long ago about this woman who was actually the model for numerous clothing brands. Well, they will bring her in and she's like, they, they base their like size zero on her, something like that. So they fit everything to her body. So supposedly she is the quintessential body type, at least for the Western culture. All the clothes fit her perfectly and no one else. But it was, it was an amazing so there's interview. there's one woman. There's this one woman that numerous fashion brands. All the clothing is made was, to fit. Oh, yeah, okay. yeah, they bring her in and they're like, here's this new pair of jeans. We're going to put on you and we're going to tailor these jeans to you. And that's going to be the basis of our sizing is going to start from there. Huh. Yeah, it's, well, it was I mean, a really interesting article. I'll have to somewhere. read that again. Okay. Fascinating. Anyways, non sequitur done. Continue. They So they broke apart once they got all the results back, having sent this standard photoshopped male body, or unphotoshopped, but mm. you could you could pick it to your preferences. They noticed that there were both some similarities and also some stark differences. So of the edited submissions, the majority of them feature men with dark hair and stubble. Ooh, I've got dark hair and lots of stubble. So that is actually the most preferred type. Hmm. Across the entire world, across Nigeria, Russia, Serbia, South Africa, Venezuela, Egypt, 
not a single preferred male body type featured dark skin. Hmm. No matter the culture, which is so those were the, the is that similarities. because the Eurocentric ideals have kind of crept in with our media as we've expanded I across the planet. Suspect. Mm-hmm. I suspect that there is all sorts of cultural conditioning that people are undergoing, and there is a worldwide brainwashing that lighter is better. Well, it was also because the the European colonialists would come in and they would treat the lighter skinned people sure. yeah, differently. Yeah. It was the whole reason for the Rwandan genocide is you know, the right. Tutsis and the Hutu. There was no difference between them except for one just happened to be a little bit lighter skinned. And so that's right. why there's this prejudice that has kind of crept around because of right. colonialism. The prejudice was indeed revealed in this study. Hmm. So they broke it apart and three general th- themes or categories of ideal male body types emerged. Powerful, Slim and defined abs. So powerful was Egypt, Nigeria, Russia, Siberia, South Africa, the United States, and Venezuela. Mm -hmm. Slim was China, Croatia, the Philippines, and the United Kingdom. And defined abs was Egypt, Philippines, Russia, South Africa, the United States, and Venezuela. But in Australia, like they did not want abs at all. They wanted Australians don't like abs. No, they wanted the perfect Australian body is not an ab to be seen. Then how do we explain Hugh Jackman? He's the exception and also allegedly he's of the sort, allegedly, who wants to stay in good shape. Allegedly. I want to stay in good shape. I'm working on the defined abs myself. I already have the intelligent face. I have the dark hair. I have the stubble. That's all high ranking, my friend. No, I just need the defined abs. Or you can move to Australia and they don't give a fuck about abs. (laughs) They want you very Welcome uh, me with trim, open arms, Australia. Very trim in China and in Egypt, they have you just buff as a motherfucker, like your abs have abs. Wow. So uh, what I found most intriguing, my takeaway from the study is what you think is the perfect body type is only the culture you're in. You go to a different country and the ideal body type shifts. So there isn't actually such a thing as what an ideal body type is. Mm. It's deeply affected by the culture around you. Mm, okay. Since we are on the topic of male bodies. We've been doing it all night. And I promised you cock and balls. You did. Because I guess that is the definitive characteristic of the male body. Well, according to men, there's a lot of, let me, I mean. There's a lot going on down there. Hashtag not all men, but when there's a defining characteristic of the male body that men would like to share with you or showcase or talk about Mm -hmm. or lock up or play with or look it tends it's usually not their elbows is what i'm trying to say well there might be more of it to share now uh because there's cell phone pictures everywhere and you can't escape the relentless (laughs) cops beaming every time you you turn around. I saw someone was playing words with friends and someone tried to send her a dick pic. Hmm. She's like, can I just, can I just not, I just. Well, I haven't thought I, of that one yet. Hmm. Yet being, there's always some dude who is like, how can I shove a dick pic through this in some way? I have just here. Look. Honestly, I have never sent a dick pic to anybody that has not requested it. I, I've never sent Good. an unsolicited Good. dick pic. Good. In my life. Ever. Congratulations for the bare 
minimum standard that's, of that's, how that's the bare, that's the bare minimum that i hold myself to kudos for not violating consent thank that's you very awesome. much we I, approve i could feast upon my own the inflated sense of self-worth now is it is it titillating are you tingling i'm so so titillated and tingling but the reason why there might be more to feast on is according to a study that came out in the World Journal of Men's Health, penis length has increased by almost 25% over 29 years. Th that's a lot of dick. That's a lot of dick. What do you, that's almost a quarter of what? what? Almost a, Wait, what? Yeah, uh, well, average, average penis yeah. size is almost one quarter larger. They took what? studies conducted between 1942 and 2021 that reported the penile length of over 55,000 men, and they found that the average erect penis length increased by over 24%, almost 25%, over that time period. It went from an average of 4.8 inches to 6 inches over the past 29 years. What? That is a lot of dick. That's a lot of growth. There's a lot what? of growth in cock right now. Why is it growing so much? They are theorizing that this could have to do with environmental factors, that it's also the reason why there's declining fertility in men and also declining testosterone in men is because of chemicals in the environment and all the different hormones and pesticides, everything that we're putting in the food. They say there could be all sorts of reasons behind it. But I don't know if men are going to complain. That their dicks have gotten almost twenty five percent bigger. I'd be like, yeah, bring on the hormones and the chemicals. I mean, I got a bigger well, dick. Well, the, the the lessening of the testosterone is pretty noticeable. The lessening of the testosterone. It's, it's 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 overall, it's a problem. That was a joke. That was a joke. It's it's <laughs> an indication that there is an issue here because it just means that we're messing with our endocrinology as humans, just living our normal modern lifestyle. Something is amiss in Denmark, is what you're trying to say. And low in T. Mm -hmm. and, and sperm viability. So it could be an indication that something bigger is... <laughs> no pun intended. <laughs> something bigger is happening. But I'm from, something bigger is. There's a larger mean, could problem. Be. No, 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 no. It's definitely something bigger is happening. Yes, there's a larger problem it's larger. overall. It is larger overall. So one of the things that is they were suggesting, yes, it's it's overall it's it's lengthier. I don't know about larger, uh -huh. but it's lengthier. So I don't know. Maybe they haven't grown a girth. Maybe just to get like long and skinny over the last twenty nine years. Just like an elephant trunk, just yes. I was reading about this on Stanford's website. Speaking of Ivy League, I don't think Stanford ever took naked pictures. I don't. They weren't listed on the list. They of, took a pass on the elite cock. Uh, yeah, Stanford was not on the list. Documenting so. the elite cock. Stanford did not take nude photos of their freshman men. One of the things that was suggested at the end of the article is the next step is that they really want to start measuring this because there hasn't been any scientific research on the average. I mean, there has been scientific research on the average length of the erect penis, but they feel like. This the writers of the article feel like this needs to be charted more to see if the this is a trend that's going on. So they're suggesting 
that in the pediatric population, they should start measuring this along with height, weight, and all the other things they do uh, when people go in for a yearly physical, that this could be something else they should measure in a systematic fashion. So I don't know if they're suggesting that all the young Well, they are, actually. They are because it's actually incredibly relevant. It's relevant, but but you would imagine you're now the pediatric doctor and you have a young male come in for their physical. They'd be like... Yeah, but you can't do it alone. You have to have someone else in the room. You're going to have the parents and you're like, Mom, I just need to get him hard and measure the length of his dick. This is so awkward. It's going to become more and more important as we have dropping fertility. And Mm. we do all over the world. It's like people are like, we don't need to worry about it because we have 8 billion people. But across the world, our fertility is dropping. And for sure, it's because we're exposed to stuff. So it seems awkward now, but like there will be measuring. They'll be be tracking a lot of underage dick. We're just going to have a parent in the room, call in the nurse. We're going to get the kid hard, measure his dick, and we'll we'll give him a lollipop and send you home. They won't guarantee – I'm not saying that they'll be asking for uh, erect, but they will be doing a limp and stretch. Well, the limp and stretch. But this specifically – this study specifically was talking about the the length of the erect penis. I I read the exact same study. Mm. I am aware. But you're not diddling minors to get them hard. No, 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 no. I'm not suggesting you do. I, some people do, but w- that we're not encouraging doctors to do it, even for dropping fertility rates. That's never advice. Even for science. Uh, not we're even for big science. proponents of science here, but not like that. that. We're suggesting no. this. I don't think that they'll be tracking the erection portion, but for sure they will, because it is the three separate things are tied together. The lengthening of the cock with the lowering of the testosterone, which with also the catastrophic dropping of fertility, which if you track that to the logical conclusion is... Fertility is going to be something that's going to become more and more in the reach of wealthy people. There's going to be more surrogates. There's going to be more in utero stuff. And Mm -hmm. people will not like, whoopsie doopsie, we slipped and fell on a baby. It'll be like, we've been trying for 10 years. We've done a whole bunch of fertility treatments. We're, you know, seven miscarriages in. His dick is super long. Like he can... His dick is massive, Doc, but his testosterone it doesn't, is so low. Yeah, but all he wants to do is play video games. It's going to definitely be an issue. So the dicks are getting longer, but according to a 2013 study that I just came across from the proceedings of the National Academy of Science, men with smaller testicles are more involved parents. What? Yeah. So there's okay, so I have some visuals. Okay. So the smaller and more compact the baby batter bags are, mm-hmm. the more involved you are with the parenting. Whereas if you've got large, pendulous, packed full of semen testicles, you're not as engaged with your offspring? Well, just because you have larger testicles doesn't mean they're more packed full of semen. You don't, you don't know. So they tested- I'm just thinking in terms of proportion. The more testicle you have, couldn't conceivably the more volume of fluid fit in there? Possibly. Yeah, I would have to look at more research on that. You need to get a ruler and, you know, some beaker cups and Mm -hmm. a little science coat. Yeah. For for this study, they took uh, 70 men who had a biological child between the ages of one and two and were living with both the toddler and his or mother to make sure that the dads weren't overstating their parental involvement. They interviewed the 
fathers and the mothers because the dad's like, oh, yeah, I'm a great dad. I change the diapers all the time. You cannot take a man's word yeah, for I it. tuck him in for bed. I'm all really involved. <laughs> so they interviewed sure. the mothers as well to see if they're actually feeding Is that because them. men are unreliable witnesses? Possibly. Mm. I mean, also, I, this is seven inches, baby. This is <laughs> seven inches. I swear to you, I'm super involved with my kid. And by the way, seven inches. Mm-hmm. And my Taking... testicles are huge. <laughs> huge. So, so they had to get the mother's input on this as well as to how involved the father was just so that it jibes with theirs. They then took measurements for each man, including their testosterone levels and the testes volume, the, <laughs> the volume of their testes. Told you. Mm-hmm. But they did it with uh, MRI so that they it would be less invasive to, to measure the volume of their testicles. So they put the guys in the MRI and the guy's testicles measured an average of 38 cubic centimeters, although that ranged from like 18 to 60 cubic centimeters. They then also hooked the guys up to brain scanners and showed them adorable photos of their own children to observe what their activity in the brain was like and how they responded just to the images of their kids. After analyzing all the evidence, the results they found was that men with larger testicles were less involved both in the lives and they didn't react as strongly to the pictures of their children. So the bigger the guy's balls, the less they were an involved father, according to this study. I mean, it's a limited study of 70 people, but I found that to be interesting. So men's dicks are getting longer and guys with big balls are uninvolved fathers. (laughs) There's a lot happening with the genitalia. There's a lot happening in the world of dick right now. As long as we are on the topic of dick, I've got some more dick for you. I don't know. I feel I've got almost full of dick. You would think, but there's room room for just a little more dick. There's always room for a little bit more dick. It's like dessert. Sure, I can find some room. It's like jello. You can pack some more in there. Sure. Pack it in there. Just pack it. All right. All right. Pack pack me more full of cock. As an educator. One of the most common questions that I get is people saying, we don't ever have time for sex. We're Mm. always tired. Like there's this societal expectation worldwide that the best, the purest, the sexiest sex is spontaneous sex Mm -hmm. and that it's a buzzkill to plan it. Oh, 7 p.m. on Wednesday after we're done with laundry, then that's sexy time. And people were like, that's not true. Just want to tear our clothes off and go at it like animals. That's not true passion. True passion means no planning. Well, science, we do love us some science here on this podcast. A scientific study about sex, because we love that type of study, has shown that planned sex is actually just as fulfilling as spontaneous sex while simultaneously acknowledging the deep-held belief that spontaneous sex is somehow better. Hmm. So both are true at the same time. Most people believe that spontaneous as opposed to uh, planned sex is the better, more intimate, more romantic, more thrilling, Mm -hmm. more pure version of sexy time. And to actually plan and book it 
on Friday night after we're done watching the show, we're going to fuck. And people were like, that's not as good. But this study has shown that the partner satisfaction from both spontaneous and planned sex is equal. Okay. So the best way to do it is spontaneously planned sex. <laughs> the best way to do it is whatever works best for you and your partner. And not to think that planned sex is somehow less good and spontaneous sex is somehow better because they're both good. Mm -hmm. So Wednesday nights, we're going to plan on going at it like rabid weasels in heat. Yes. Yes. Spontaneously. Correct. You don't know when That's... it's going to happen, but it's going to happen. Anytime on Anytime Wednesday night. Anytime after 8 o'clock Wednesday night, I'm good. Right, right. Freshly showered, moisturized, exfoliated, squeaky clean. Unless you're not, if pheromones are your thing, we are not here to judge. Mm -hmm. But don't be ashamed or look down on planned sex. There's absolutely nothing wrong with it. And now there's a study to prove it. Because science. Speaking of pheromones, uh -huh. I was reading this very interesting news article about butterflies. And some butterflies actually spray, or I should say some male butterflies spray their female mates with an anti-pheromone. So the male butterflies basically put a cloaking device on the females? Well, so it's, they, An anti-pheromone? They call it a powerful anti-aphrodisiac pheromone. So it repels other male oh. butterflies. So as you're having sex with you the mark female this butterfly. One's mine. Yeah, yeah. So it's like putting like stink cream. It's like a dog her. peeing on a fire hydrant. Yeah, this, this is, is this my is mine. fire hydrant. But it really detracts the other males from coming around. Very effective. What's interesting though is that it's the same chemical that is found in flowers that attracts the butterflies to the flowers to come and feast upon their nectar. It's this chemical called osamin. But the butterflies have developed this independently. Originally, the researchers thought that they collected the osimen from the flowers and then like smeared it on the females as they were having sex to deter other males from coming and having sex with the females. But they've isolated this gene where the males are producing this osimen, which is pretty much identical to the osimen in the flowers, and then spraying it on the females while having sex. So... If it's pretty much identical, how does the flowers attract the butterflies, but the female butterflies being coated with it repel male butterflies? Yeah. I'm they don't know. It's, 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 it's the same thing, performing two different jobs. Oh, So on okay. the flowers, it's attracting the butterflies to come and be like, oh, I want to you know, wow. get down on this flower. But if the male butterflies smell it on a female butterfly, they're like, oh, God, what's up with her? It's like me and my habit of like smearing feces on women every time I have sex with them. <laughs> uh-huh right go on, just right, so right. just so sure, the other yeah, guys yeah. that just, come sniffing around they're like, like not Damn. interested in that whoa yeah, she's got to take a bath pass, whoa you know pass on that i mean right? it's, it's a bad effective. habit but it works yeah sure, sure i'm not sure. i'm not saying anybody else should do this i'm not they saying shouldn't. i've actually done this like i said 95 uh, percent of everything i say <laughs> don't believe uh, but could this be the five percent? Could it be? It is. It is a fetish for people out there. I, I'm not shaming. I'm just saying that it's kind of kind of dirty, and it really opens yourself up to a lot of bacteria and disease. There are many things we do that open us up 
to bacteria disease. So our listeners now are on the fence as to whether or not you have a proclivity for smearing people in feces to mark your territories to drive other men away. You be the judge. Do you not? You tell them. (laughs) Do I? Have I ever smeared poop? Have you ever known me to smear poop on someone I'm having sex with? I have not been in the room all the times you've been having sex, so I cannot, as a as non-biased and independent witness, I don't have enough of a sample pool to say one way or the other. You could get up to some weird shit on the weekends, my friend. We gather here on this holy or day. Or on an average Tuesday night, because it's planned. Oh, what are you doing this Tuesday? Oh, let's plan it spontaneously. I was going to spontaneously have sex and smear feces on you, but now we can plan it if that works for you, if you feel just as satisfied. Uh, I will My large testicles be... will tell you that I'm not really interested in having children. We're, we could have children, but I'm probably going to stick around. <laughs> oh, my God. Okay. All right. Well, uh, this has been uh, memorable, and um, I will never look at butterflies in the same way again. I do not know your poop-smearing habits, but I hope it keeps your pussy property uh, unmolested yeah. by others. Uh... Uh, you got to do what works for you, man. Judgment-free zone here. It's worked so far for me. I just—I mean, just for the record, no, I do not smear poop oh, on people. Oh, oh see, see I—I I, I took you at face value, yeah, yeah. and then you cracked like an egg. No, I just cover them with my ample amount of chest hair, <laughs> so that just so that acts as a deterrent. <laughs> okay, all right, <laughs> just yeah, that, smear that them I with my see. my could... pelt of fur. Well, I'm, I'm, that's the ideal male body type is is dark hair and stubble. So and hairy. I didn't. That's the other thing that was fascinating. I should actually send the study to you. They had photos for each country, mm-hmm. and there was a distinct amount of hair or less hair. So, like China had like no hair. Yeah, and then Egypt was like, yeah. Uh, so it it varied from culture to culture. Some cultures were quite into hair, hmm. and other cultures wanted you to look like a smooth otter. I might have to move to these hairy cultures. You probably do not want to move to e- – well, it would be better for you to move to Egypt than me. Well, I have some I extended not, family in Egypt. Hmm. I would not do well in Egypt. But you are um, a tad on the pale side. <laughs> and while your hair would go well, I do believe that your alabaster skin would get absolutely pummeled by the merciless rays of the Egyptian sun. I'd, I'd get a tan fairly fast. It's fine. All right. Okay. Well, okay. Good luck in Egypt. Mm. I want to thank all of our listeners for joining us on another raucous ride of the Dirty Talk podcast. Thank you, listeners, for joining us once again. On this sexy, sacred Sunday night. Yes. <laughs> still I'm still, Sabbath of I'm still, I'm still titillated. You, you, you came out strong with your Bible voice and the preaching, and I was just like, oh, yes, okay. That's quite nice, and I've carried that with me through this whole podcast. Excellent. Let's do this again next week. All right. Yeah, and if you guys want to join us, you can uh, you know, go to our Patreon, patreon.com backslash Dirty Talk Podcast. To be clear, to be clear, unlike my co-host, I did not ask for naked pictures of Ivy League students from 1905. I did, didn't I? You did. You did do that. So if anything comes in the P.O. box, I don't want that historic elite cock that's I'll all just keep you. it for myself okay in between smearing shit on people i take it yeah okay all right delightful we love you thank you for joining I will us let you and... all go free now feces free <laughs> uh next week is for the elites mm, for the elite cock yes and then we will be back for the general public cock the week after that oh, yeah 
But until then, uh, we'll give them a jaunty salute and a, a TTFN. <laughs> Over and out. Thank God it's... Ta-ta for now. Don't you know oh, you're Tigger? I don't. I'm sorry. I'm a Tigger. Over and out. Talk to you all soon. Bye-bye. <laughs>